Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, on Palmer. On Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Holding down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. This is on Palmer. Welcome in! Hunt Palmer coming to you from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studio downtown in the capital city on a Friday. Casey Gaines and Taylor Sharp back there on the ones and twos. I'll be quite honest with you people. Uh, I mentioned this earlier this week. Uh, I have been basically 100% healthy for 34 years. Had a kid... He's in daycare. It just doesn't quite go as smoothly as it did for the first 34 years. For the last 10 or 12 days, I have felt either terrible or had a brutally sore throat or was in some way compromised health-wise. But I kept telling myself last week, I was like, okay, it's fine to be sick this week. We'll get through this week. We'll get to next week. We've got baseball coming up. You just drink some water. Maybe lay off the cold beers over the weekend. I went to Mardi Gras last weekend. Had one high noon. This week wasn't really getting better. I still didn't feel that great on Wednesday. Last night started feeling a little bit better. This morning, I got out of bed. I was like, oh my God, my throat doesn't hurt. I don't have chills. I don't have aches. My head doesn't hurt. I don't have to take any medicine. It's opening day. Have you seen the weather out there? No, Casey, play this song. Oh, baby. For those of you who are football heads, who are thinking, oh, God, we got to put up with baseball. Hunt's going to be insufferable with his baseball stuff today. You are correct. For those of you that are in a really good mood because baseball starts in two hours, it's time. And I'm fired up. I will be here with you for 90 minutes. I will turn the reins over to Taylor Sharp. I got priors at the box. We're going to get there as close to first pitch as we can. I don't know if this song by John Fogarty is the most beautifully song- written song ever written. But it works today. The box soundtrack hasn't changed in 30 years. And I'm expecting to hear all the same songs in two hours when I get there. Opening day at the box. LSU in Western Michigan. Two hours from right now. And we will get you ready for it. We will have your lineup here very shortly. I will get you into that. Put me in, coach. What a song. (laughs) What a weird song. But I'm feeling it today. Thank you, Casey. Well, we'll talk a little LSU South Carolina. Uh, Taylor's got some NFL stuff, I believe, for you later in hour number two. We'll get you ready for the SEC Saturday in hoops, but it's a lot of baseball here for the next 30 minutes. So if you're knocking off work a little earlier, headed out to the box, and you're feeling the vibes on this gorgeous Friday in the capital city, maybe you're headed to the French Quarter to celebrate Mardi Gras. Maybe you're headed uptown New Orleans to celebrate Mardi Gras. Maybe you're headed to the box. Maybe you're just enjoying the gorgeous weather and you're excited to watch some baseball this weekend. In any event, the vibe should be very, very good on this Friday. 
Uh, I'm going to get into the lineup here coming up in about 15 minutes. We should have it by then. Uh, but I wanted to start the show today, throw in five bold predictions for this LSU baseball season against the wall and see what sticks. I'm going to keep record of these at the bottom of my Google Doc that I refresh every day. I will have these for the duration of the season, and we'll kind of tick them off one by one and see how I do. I didn't try to be vanilla. I, I wouldn't say these are outrageous predictions, but I think they're fairly bold for what they are. You can be the judge of that, and I'll take some of your submissions in the Bayou Ford chat if you want to throw those at me. Um, number one, here are five bold predictions for this LSU baseball season. I think Chase Shores starts 10 SEC games. That's all of them. Every weekend. Uh, I have kind of been leaning this way for a couple of weeks and reached out, see, take the temperature of it inside the box, inside the program, and that's very possible. I don't know if probable or likely is as far as I would go, but it's very possible, and he will get his first shot on Sunday. Uh, the stuff is just eye-popping, and I think the poise they've enjoyed the last couple of weeks, you'll see a little bit more on Sunday how he handles things. That's going to be maybe the biggest crowd of the weekend. Um, because the weather warms up just a touch, and we expect really good, uh, really good temps and, and sun on Sunday. But you heard Jay say something yesterday when he was talking about the rotation, and he said for this team to be as good as it can be, Thatcher Hurd needs to become a weekend starter. And I think you could say maybe the same exact thing for Chase Shores. I think Riley Cooper's a heck of a pitcher. I think Ty Floyd's a heck of a pitcher. I think Christian Little's got amazing talent. I love Bryce Collins' ability. But I think Shores looks like a future number one. And if he's already in the starting rotation for weekend number one, which I've already said may not be the same two weeks from now, three weeks from now, six weeks from now, he's got a real chance to break through. I think Chase Shores is in the weekend rotation by the first SEC series, and I think he starts... 10 SEC games this year. That is number one on my bowl predictions. Number two, I don't think anybody on this baseball team is going to notch eight saves this year. It's because I don't think they're going to have a closer. I think Jay is going to play the matchups. I think if you've got two stud left-handers coming up in the bottom of the ninth inning with a two-run lead, Nate Ackenhausen, Riley Cooper may be out there. I think if Bryce Collins took over in the seventh and he's humming 95 miles an hour and he struck out three in his first two innings, he may go out there for a third inning and shut the door. I think Ty Floyd might get the ball if LSU's in a tight game tonight. He may start down the road. I think it's just going to be uh, who's rested, what matchup is good, who do we feel good about in this spot. Last year, you saw Gervais and Razelman kind of trade off here and there. Riley Cooper got some laid outs as well. And this is a different, this pitching staff's made up of different pieces than that one, certainly. But I just, I don't think it's going to be a Nick Goody, Chris Cotton situation, a Matty Ott situation for those Maneria, where you just, when the, the, the game was on the line in the ninth, you knew it was coming out. I don't think that's right now the way this thing is made up. If one of the guys emerges and becomes just nails, Say, say Skeens is your Friday guy, and they, they get Thatcher Hurd to be the best team the team can be, and he moves into Saturday, and they love Shores on Sunday, and Cooper goes to the bullpen. Maybe because you trust Ackenhausen as a left-hander in a lefty-lefty spot, maybe Cooper becomes that guy, and he does have 11-12 saves this year because LSU wins a ton of games. The other part of this is, 
Maybe LSU wins a lot of games by more than three runs, and there's not enough save opportunity. I think my second bull prediction, nobody has eight or more saves on this team. My third bull prediction for this LSU baseball team is LSU will sweep two road conference series. Last year, we saw them go to Starkville and sweep. We saw them go to Nashville and sweep. It's not something that has never been done, but it is difficult to do. And I think saying they'll sweep three or four is a little much, quite frankly. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to be bold, but not too bold. Sweeping a weekend's tough. Here are the weekend series in the SEC. Texas A&M, that's going to be very difficult to sweep. South Carolina's got an All-American going on Fridays. Will Sanders can go. That's going to be tough to sweep. Ole Miss, defending national champions, Hunter Elliott heading that rotation. Be a tough one to sweep. Auburn just went to Omaha last year. And Georgia. But I think... Like LSU last year in Nashville, you remember the Nashville series last year against Vanderbilt, last one of the year, they couldn't get LSU out. Christian Little out there started a game, Cruz hit two homers off him, Joe Bear was bombing over the right field wall. LSU was unstoppable that weekend in Nashville. And it feels like this LSU team will have a couple of weekends like that where three or four of these bats are clicking, and it's just a nightmare. And I think in that situation, you could see a sweep just by... Straight momentum. I think like Tennessee last year when they went to to Oxford and it was number one versus number two or three and it was non-competitive from the first pitch of the first game. I believe Tennessee did hit a leadoff home run in, in game one of that weekend, if that if memory serves. I think LSU sweeps two road conference series. So my first three bowl predictions, Chase Shore starts 10 SEC games. That's every weekend. No one on the team has eight saves or more and LSU will sweep two conference series on the road. Number four here on my bold predictions, Paul Skeens. Double-digit home run guy at Air Force. Guy who comes here to go both ways. Going to pitch, going to hit. I came on here and said, based on some discussions I had, the plan was to pitch him in the first game of the weekend, sit him on Saturday unless there was a huge pinch hit spot, let him hit on Sunday against maybe back-end pitching, and let him hit on Tuesdays. That was before this winter practice started. Now Jared Jones is a man on a mission. He's a guy that's going to garner a lot of DH spot. I think Braden Jobert is going to play some DH. Still got to get Pearson at bats. What are you going to do with the extra second baseman? There's a lot of guys that need swings. And I'm telling you, as I said earlier this week, there is some real concern with the injury risk of Paul Skeen's standing in the box, and running the bases. Answer me this. Would you have liked to see Aaron Nola or Alex Lang diving back into first base on a pickoff throw? Would that have made you feel warm and fuzzy? No. And it doesn't make this staff feel warm and fuzzy either. And if Jared Jones is going to step in there and hit 11 home runs and hit 275... Let him go. Skeens, you're going on Fridays. I think Paul Skeens hits less than five home runs this year. I'm not ready to sit here and tell you Skeens isn't going to hit this year. I'm not going to, I'm not ready to tell you that. But I'm telling you that I think that based on the emergence of some guys, Paxton Kling in, in, is one of these guys as well. Based on these emergences and the depth of this lineup, there's no need to put a lot of risk on your Friday night starter who throws 100 miles an hour. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Again, picture Alex Lang trying to get from first to third on a single to right field. I'll pass on that. That's what they're looking at. So I think Skeen sits less than five home runs. That's number four. Last one here, number five, my bold predictions for LSU baseball this year. I got six guys, not individual. I'm not going to name them, but I'll give you the... I got six. I think LSU will have at least six players hit double-digit home runs this year. Last year, LSU had five. The last time six guys in LSU's lineup hit 10 or more home runs, was 1999. Cruz and White are going to do it. They're locks. I think there's a very strong chance that Jobert, Pearson, Dugas, Jarrett Jones, Trey Morgan, Paxton Kling have a chance to do it. That's six guys right there. And then I think it's possible Brady Neal and Jordan Thompson could hit 10. Now, these are all for different reasons. Joe Bear, if he played every day, would hit more than 10 home runs. I don't know that he's going to play every day, especially against lefties. Maybe he is. I don't know that, so I can't put him in locks. I got Cruz and White in locks. I can't put Joe Bear in a lock right now. can't put Pearson in a lock. I don't know how often he's going to play. Gavin Dugas, if he played every day, he would hit 10. I don't know where he shakes out in left field or second base. Can't put him in locks, but he certainly has a chance. Jared Jones, if he DH'd every day or played first base, he would do it, but is he going to DH against really tough right-handers as a freshman? I don't know. Going to play today. Trey Morgan. Hadn't been a 10-home run guy in his time. Is this the year he does it? He's going to get enough at-bats. Certainly not a lock, but I think it's very possible that he does it. And Paxton Kling. Going to play today. Uh, I, I think there's a real chance he could do it too, but I can't put him in locks. But that's six guys with a real good chance to do it. And then Neil and Thompson. Neil, I don't know if he's going to play enough. Thompson, I don't know if he's going to hit 10 home runs. But that's the whole lineup plus one. That's two locks, six other guys that are good chance and two possibles. I think six guys from this team will hit 10 plus home runs. That'll be the first time this century that has happened. That would be no small feat. Incidentally, Tennessee last year had nine guys that hit 10 or more home runs. Man, I'm fired up. I am so pumped to get out to the box today and watch a little bit of baseball. Uh, if you are headed out to the box right now and listen to us, we appreciate it. We'll get you ready for it. If you're stuck at work and we're planning on going at 630 and can't get free, that's okay. We're here to help you out a little bit here uh, on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Um, when we come back, let's, let's shift gears briefly. I'll get you ready for LSU South Carolina briefly, and I think... 90 minutes to first pitch, 1.30. We will have the lineup, and I will give it to you at 1.30 today. So let's take a timeout. Quickly hit LSU South Carolina. Lineup at 1.30 coming up here on the Hunt Palmer Show. Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. LWCC is Louisiana loyal, elevating and celebrating champions of Louisiana. Simone Mala is certainly a champion of Louisiana. Simone has dedicated her career to protecting Louisiana's coast and helping the state take a leading role on the world stage in environmental restoration. We know how vital our coast is to us. It houses 2.5 million people, supports infrastructure like highways, ports, pipelines that fuel the country's economy. And as the executive director of Restore or Retreat, Simone does everything she can 
to make sure our coastline is being taken care of. That makes her a champion of Louisiana. Thrilled to tell her story. We want to tell more stories of champions of Louisiana. If you know of a champion of Louisiana, go to lwcc.com backslash champions and nominate a person, a nonprofit, a business to be a champion of Louisiana right here on the Hunt Palmer Show. Simone Malaz is February's champion of Louisiana. That's presented by LWCC. LWCC is Louisiana loyal. This is Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Baseball at the box coming your way 3 o'clock. If you want to listen to it, you can catch the uh, pregame 2.30 over on Eagle 98.1. It'll be Chris Blair and Doug Thompson on the call. First pitch just after 3 o'clock between LSU and Eastern Michigan. Western Michigan? Western Michigan. One of the Michigans. Don't really care which one. It's in Kalamazoo. Couldn't care less. Just want to see the guys in the purple and gold light it up. It'll be Paul Skeens taking the ball for LSU. Matt McMahon squad on the hardwood tomorrow will be LSU in South Carolina inside the PMAC, and this is one LSU absolutely can win. South Carolina is awful. Absolutely awful. They are 9-17 and on the year. They are 2-11 and in conference play. Uh, they beat Kentucky in Roth, we remember. I'm not – well, I kind of know how that happened. They shot uh, better than 50% from three in the game. Uh, but after they beat Kentucky, they lost eight straight. And they beat Ole Miss, who's atrocious. Uh, and then they lost to Vanderbilt by 11 earlier this week. Um, just some brief numbers on South Carolina. Uh, offensive efficiency, 308th in the country. That's not very good. Defensive efficiency, 316th in the country. That is uh, not very good. Um, 292nd in the nation in pos- in the possessions per game. That's slower than LSU plays. LSU is at 267. So they're very, very slow. Uh, they are 346 in the country in shooting percentage. It is not a good offensive team in any way, shape, or form. Um, they're 300. When you're in the 300s of something in college basketball, that's awful. They're 314th in the percentage of the points they get from free throws. So they don't get to the line. Um, they do shoot a lot of threes. They're 66 in the country in threes, and that is even amplified in the fact that they play so slowly, and they're almost 300 in the country in possession. So they shoot a lot of threes, and at Rupp, they went 11 of 20 from three. Um, they turn the ball over a lot. They don't shoot it very well, and they're not very good on defense. I state my case. <laughs> if you look at this team from a personnel perspective, uh, Michi Johnson is their point guard. He's 6'2", 280 pounds from Ohio State. Scores 12 and a half a game. Interestingly enough, Chico Carter is their two guard. That doesn't mean anything to anybody here other than the fact that he played two years for Matt McMahon at Murray State. Um, he is a good shooter. Chico Carter is a good shooter. And I, I was thinking to myself, looking at the team that LSU's put out there, the results they've had, and then understanding that Murray State with some of these same guys went 30-3, and three, if you put Chico Carter with some of these guys, it makes for a better team because he is a good shooter. He's shooting 47% from three this year. If you put him out there, it's tougher to guard K.J. Williams. You can't help off of Trey Hannibal or off of Juice Hill quite as much. So that's a guy that LSU hasn't replaced in Matt McMahon's system necessarily. They just don't have anybody that's a really good shooter. Chico Carter is. 
but really, I could go all through all these names for South Carolina, and it doesn't really matter. The guy, the only one that matters is the one NBA player that they have, and he is certainly an NBA player, and that's Gigi Jackson. Five-star recruit, big, big, big-time get for them um, this past offseason. He does the, one of the better compliments I can give him, and it's very similar to Brandon Miller at, at Alabama, although he's not quite that good. When he plays, and I've watched him play a good bit because I, you know, he's one of the better players in the league. So when South Carolina's playing, you just your eyes gravitate to him. He's six nine. I didn't know that. That's a huge compliment to him because he looks, like, he plays like he's six six. He's six nine. He's really good. Six nine, two fifteen, scoring sixteen points a game for him. Um, he's taken a hundred more shots than anybody else in the South Carolina team. You will notice Gigi Jackson on the floor, and that's LSU's biggest task. If you hold him to 12, 14 points in this game, South Carolina's going to have a hard time getting to 65 or 70 points. You let him go for 27, all of a sudden you've got a fight on your hands big time. You may not even have a fight on your hands. You may just lose. Gigi Jackson is the guy that LSU's going to have to guard. So I don't know exactly who it is. I don't know that Tyrell Ward is ready for that assignment. Um, I think that Jalen Reed maybe not move quite as well. I you know it's it's a tough call for LSU on to how to deal with Gigi Jackson, but he's the guy you got to got to handle. South Carolina's posts are total non-factors on offense. You know one of them. Josh Gray is one of the posts for this team. He played at LSU, wasn't on the floor very much, and decided to transfer out after his first year. He ended up with Frank Martin at South Carolina, and now. Uh, starts some games for South Car- uh, South Carolina under a new coaching staff. He's seven feet tall, two fifty five. He doesn't score much. Benjamin Berman's Verdonk also about three points per game. There's just not much there. The bigs don't score. They set screens, rebound. That's about it. The scoring comes from Michi Johnson, Chico Carter shooting the ball, and then Gigi Jackson on um, on the outside. For LSU, this is a game they should come out really fired up to play. You're not playing. Alabama, you're not playing Tennessee, you're not playing A&M, you're playing one of the worst teams in the league. You have to be physically ill waking up every day on an 11-12 game losing streak. That is no fun ever. It sucks to get up and go to class, it sucks to go to film, it sucks to go to practice, it sucks to talk to your parents on the phone. Losing that many games in a row is uncomfortable and not fun at all. You've got a chance to change that tomorrow. I don't think the crowd's going to be awesome. The weather being what it is, people being keyed up for baseball, crowd going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, students at Mardi Gras. It's not going to be packed in the PMAC tomorrow. But you've got every bit the amount of talent that South Carolina is going to put out on the floor. You're at home. If they play the way they have in some of these tighter games, the way they did against Missouri on offense, the way they did against Bama in the PMAC, the way they did against Texas A&M in the second half of that game, the way they did against Georgia in the first half of that game, if you play hard and well for LSU's talent level. And I'm doing everything on a sliding scale. I'm not asking them to go out there and look like an SEC championship team. I'm asking them to go out there and play well for them. Don't turn it over 19 times. For the game, turn it over 11. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shoot a high percentage on free throws. Make shots at the rim. Rebound. There is nothing that South Carolina does on either end of the floor that's any good. Nothing. I don't know how much more blunt I can be. And I'm certainly not suggesting that LSU is some juggernaut in one aspect of the game. I'm talking about South Carolina. So, here's your chance. Go out there and get a win. I'll be pulling for them big time tomorrow. I hope they go out there and get a win. It'd just be so good for these guys who are working every bit as hard as the team that's that's winning a bunch of games. They just don't have the results to show for it. Tomorrow, you can. So, I'm very, very hopeful for LSU that they can get it done tomorrow against South Carolina. Tip off inside the PMAC. Again, South Carolina 9-17 and on the year, 2-11 and in SEC play. LSU can get this thing close in the second half, make some winning plays. This is certainly a game that they can win. This team lost to Ole Miss. I, that's, that's hard to do at this point in the calendar. So LSU and South Carolina tomorrow, very much looking forward to that. All right, I've teased it uh, for 30 minutes. Wanted to get to 90 minutes to first pitch um, because that's when the lineups generally come out. In the next segment, I can promise you that I will give you LSU's lineup as they open the season against Western Michigan inside Alec Box Stadium. Come back with us on the Hunt Palmer Show. This is Hunt Palmer. You're listening to Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. All right, gang, y'all ready for the lineup? Let's give you the opening uh, day lineup for your Fighting Tigers of LSU. It's got some wrinkles in it that I, quite frankly, was not expecting, but that's just fine. We'll break it down one through nine. Leading off, playing right field for your Fighting Tigers of LSU, Paxton Kling, true freshman out in right field. Hitting second, playing left field, Braden Jobert, the senior, left-hander, slugger. He of 18 home runs last year. Playing left field and hitting second. In the three-hole, center fielder Dylan Cruz. Hitting cleanup, Tommy Tanks, Tommy White playing third base. So your top four cling, Jobert, Cruz, and White. Trey Morgan will play first base and hit fifth. Freshman Jared Jones is your designated hitter today. Brady Neal, the freshman, is going to catch the third true freshman in this starting lineup. Neal in the seven-hole. Jordan Thompson is going to hit eighth and play shortstop. And in the nine-hole, playing second base, it'll be transfer Ben Napolt hitting left-handed. Of course, Paul Skeens is your opening day starter. Now, LSU's facing a right-handed arm from Western Michigan today. 
So let's go through this lineup and what I take from it. Very, very surprised to see Paxton Kling and Braden Jobert as your one-two there. I understand the rationale. Cruz and White are hitting behind those guys. You have to do everything in your power to be sure that Paxton Kling and Braden Jobert don't get on base, so you have to face the two most prolific power-hitting hitters in the entire country. So it makes sense from that perspective. On the other hand, I don't love it. Joe Bear's not a huge on-base percentage guy. Now, he was never hitting in front of Dylan Cruz last year, so that makes things a little bit different. But I still think teams are going to understand you can't lay fastballs in there to this guy, even though you're trying not to walk him because Cruz is next. You're going to challenge him with some breaking stuff, especially from left-handers. But today's a right-handers on the mound, so Joe Bear's in there. I like the idea, personally, of a starting pitcher going through his warm-ups and understanding that he would have to face Trey Morgan, Dylan Cruz, and Tommy White in that order in the first inning. That would be my line of thinking here. Clearly not Jays. He sees big-time power potential from two sides of the plate in front of those two guys in Paxton Kling, who's... I'll keep making this comparison. You'll see him, but most of y'all have not seen Paxton Kling yet because most people don't go see scrimmages. He's... In a profile perspective, he's Mikey Mato. He may not be the SEC player of the year. He may not be a first-round pick. He may not make the big leagues. He may be all those things. But he's he's tall. He's lean. He's strong. He's quick. He can run. He's got a big arm. He's got all the tools like Mato did. And those two guys form you know, a powerful duo at the top with the most powerful duo right behind him. You got Morgan back there in the five-hole. I'm impressed that Jared Jones is getting the call today. Now, if you look at it from just a purely production in the preseason practices and scrimmages, Jones deserves it. He's shown prolific power, opposite field power, consistent power. He's driving the ball for doubles. He's been a great hitter in practice. But it's opening day. Lights are bright, and there's a right-hander on the mound, and Jones hits right-handed. So I thought they may go a different direction there. But I love seeing another freshman in there. Brady Neal is going to catch. I figured Milazzo would catch today or slash tonight when I thought it was going to be a night game. Skeen's on the mound, throwing really hard. Lights are bright. Energy's high. Put the veteran out there. Let him catch. However, you're facing a righty, and Neal's a left-handed hitter, and Neal's a great player, and they want to get him out there. Milazzo's going to start a game this weekend, I'm sure. Sounds like it may be tomorrow when LSU faces a lefty. But... I also did not know and do not know what Skeen's preference is to who he wants catching him. A lot of times pitchers can be pretty um, opinionated on that deal and, and they want their guy back there. I don't know who that is. It may be Neil, but I was curious to see what Skeen's would want. And Neil's getting the call. So that's huge for uh, for the true freshman. That's a third true freshman in the lineup. But Neil starts a 7-8-9 that's got some real offensive ability in this lineup. You got Neil at the seven hole, Jordan Thompson hitting eighth at shortstop. I think he's primed for a really nice year. And then you got Ben DePolt, who gives you really good at bats from the left side of the plate in the nine hole. So I love the fact that you've got three guys who can hit at the bottom of this order, and then you turn it back over to Kling, Joe Bear, Cruz, and White. Uh, it's it's potent. The other thing that Jay really likes, I think it's probably a little bit uh more impactful at the professional level, which is why they make them now pitch to three guys when they come in the game. 
because the lefty-righty is a big deal. More often in college, you just have your A relievers. Some programs are good enough where you, you want the lefty and the righty, and you can kind of match up. Most guys, yeah, I've got a lefty down there, but he's not nearly as good as this righty, so I'm going to go with this righty. You don't match up quite as much in college baseball. It's a more it's a bigger deal in the in the MLB. But if you look at this thing, just going one through nine, you go right-handed, left-handed, right-handed, right-handed, left-handed, right-handed, left-handed, right-handed, left-handed, right-handed. There's only one time in this one through nine where you go back to back right-handed, and I'll tell you that's not a huge issue for this lineup because it's Cruz and White. I don't care who your right-hander is; he still may have a little bit of trouble with that. So everything is alternating left, right, left, right, one through nine, except Cruz and White, and that includes nine to one, where you go Napolt, who it's left-handed, and then Clang, who comes back and right-handed. So um, I personally would do it a little bit differently. I think Jay's a little better baseball coach than me, so I'll I'll certainly get on board with it. There's really no wrong way you can stack this thing uh, against Western Michigan, and and things will shake themselves out. Um, but it's just fascinating to me that uh, this putting Kling and Joe Bear up there one and two, the guys that will have the most at bats in this game, if everything goes according to plan, is those two. Um, so guys that are notably not playing, specifically against a right-handed pitcher, Josh Pearson not in the lineup. That is, that's an indication of just how much he's been fighting it in the fall and early on in in practice. He just has not swung the bat very well. When I put on Twitter earlier this morning. My projected lineup, I had Pearson in the nine-hole playing because I know that the staff trusts him. And Jay said that yesterday in his press conference, we trust Pearson. But they're not going with him, even against a right-handed pitcher, which is a little bit surprising to me. Um, Not playing in the game today. Uh, Obviously, Alex Malazzo uh, not starting in the game, I should say. Alex Malazzo not starting. Um, Cade Beloso, Gavin Dugas, two guys that you thought maybe a hat tip coming back for a, a super senior year. Uh, they are not in the starting lineup, but I think obviously if LSU can take care of their business and swing the bats the way they should, um, they'll eventually find their way into the lineup later in the game. And so I think you will see a significant amount of substitutions should LSU grab a quick lead in this game. I'm not going to do a lot of talking about Western Michigan, about their arms, about their bats. I don't think really any of it matters. You're playing a team from Kalamazoo, Michigan, where it's been 15 degrees for three months straight. They really haven't practiced outside very much. And, oh, by the way, their flight down here got canceled, so they got on their bus at 5 o'clock in the morning yesterday and drove 18 hours to Baton Rouge. So, bit of a rough day yesterday for Western Michigan Maybe an even rougher day-to-day once they start playing baseball. But it's going to be a gorgeous one out there at the box. If you're on the way out there, um, enjoy that gorgeous weather. Uh, be safe getting in. And uh, let's make some noise over at the box today. i got one more baseball segment here in this hour. When we come back, I'm going to give you kind of some thoughts on what I'd like to see this weekend as well as what I think we will see as far as the uh, the pitching goes. So that's our lineup. One more time if you want me to run through it. If you're just uh, jumping in and want me to run through the lineup for you. It'll be Paxton Kling leading off playing right field. Braden Jobert in the two-hole playing left. Dylan Cruz in center field will be the three-hole hitter. Tommy White hitting cleanup playing third base. Trey Morgan, the first baseman, is in the five-hole. Jared Jones will DH and hit six. Brady Neal, the catcher, hits seventh. In the eight-hole, you got Jordan Thompson at short. And Ben Napolt will hit ninth and play second base behind Paul Skeens. We'll come back. Close out our number one. It's the Hunt Palmer Show. 
Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Bayou Ford. BayouFord.com is the website. Every single new purchase comes with a million-mile powertrain warranty. For the life of that vehicle, you will have it under that powertrain warranty. Don't settle because they don't have exactly what you want on the lot, whether it's another dealership or it's Bayou Ford. Let Bayou Ford, Ben Gagne and his team, customize a vehicle for you. Maybe it's an Explorer. I tell you about mine all the time because I've loved all three of the Explorers I've driven. One of them got me to Gainesville, Florida, Knoxville, Tennessee, Lexington, Kentucky, Atlanta for the SC Championship game. It drove me all over the place when I was in college. The one I'm in right now has room for the car seat for the Myers man right behind me. Still got room for the golf clubs back there as well. Got the bucket seats. It's awesome. I love my Explorer. Maybe you need more room. The Expedition can offer you that. If you're a truck person, F-150, always a great option. Maybe you're looking for a Bronco or a Mustang. Buy Ford can help you out and then customize a vehicle that meets your exact needs if you just give them 60 to 90 days to have it turned around. And they promise you, they'll give you the buy you to you guarantee, which means when that car comes in, they will drive it right to your front door with the paperwork. You never have to leave the house. BuyYouFord.com is the website. BuyYouFord.com is the website. Buy you Ford. They're going to do right by you. This is Hunt Palmer on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope your Friday is going great. Gorgeous, gorgeous weather here in South Louisiana. I got a bunch of friends that are already down in the French Quarter, living it up on uh, Mardi Gras weekend. Got some folks that are headed out to the box. Hope it's a safe, happy, and enjoyable weekend for everybody. A lot of people taking some extended time. A lot of kids out of school next week. I mean, the whole morning show is going to Disney World and Whoever knows what, where else everybody's going. I'm going to be here working next week, but there's going to be a lot to talk about, so I'll be here just fine with that. Hope your weekend's off to a very, very good start. LSU and Western Michigan coming up at 3 o'clock. We'll have the broadcast over on Eagle 98.1 starting at 2.30 with Chris Blair and Doug Thompson. First pitch just after 3 over on Eagle 98.1. Wanted to get to a few more things on this weekend of baseball. Before we transition out of things in second uh, hour, and I'm going to head to the box starting at 2.30. Taylor's going to take you home for the last 30 minutes of my show. A couple things that I expect to see this weekend at the box. Um, I understand that the starting rotation is Paul Skeens, Riley Cooper, and Chase Shores. I also think you're going to see Ty Floyd throw a lot of pitches in an outing this weekend. Maybe tonight with a lead. Today, I guess. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe Sunday. I expect to see 40 or 50 pitches out of Ty Floyd at some point this weekend because they're still going to stretch him out. This is not a, well, we're going with Skeens, we're going with Cooper, we're going with Shores, nice try, Ty. Uh, grab a bullpen, we'll, we'll get you for seven or eight pitches to get out of the seventh here. It's not how this is going to go. They need to extend him, and they're going to. So I expect to see him at some point for 40 or 50 pitches and excited to see how Ty Floyd looks because a lot of the time uh, in, the, in practices over the last three weeks, he's looked very, very good. Um, I also expect to see, as far as pitching goes, Nate Ackenhausen. Uh, I haven't seen him in person in, since fall. Uh, I have just have not seen him when the times I've been out to see scrimmages and practice over the last four or five weeks. Uh, he's a guy that I think this staff really believes can be a difference maker on this team. And I believe, I don't know this, I, I, I think this, that Ackenhausen, in his emergence, and his ability from the left side and what they think Griffin Herring can become gives them some flexibility 
to use Riley Cooper as a starter, to use Riley Cooper as a closer, to move him around to do, as Jay says, affect winning. If you had to have him in the lefty bullpen spots, that's where he would have to go. But because you've got other left-handers, it frees you up a little bit. And I think Ackenhausen is the first there. So I'm excited to see Nate Ackenhausen, lefty, good pitch ability, fastball in the low 90s. It's going to seem like he doesn't throw very hard compared to the rest of the staff. Um, lefties that throw 98, not in college very often. So you're going to have to deal with lefties who are in the low 90s on this LSU staff. Ackenhausen fits that bill. I'm excited to see him. Last thing in, in that of that ilk, you're going to see fastballs approaching 100 miles an hour in this weekend. Skeens, Shores, Moffitt on the right day, although this weekend's probably not the right day. I need it to be a little bit warmer. You're going to see fastballs creeping up towards 100 miles an hour. That's what this staff's got. And if you've heard some of the sound that we've played on this show that Cody Worsham got on their uh, One Team, One Podcast, or I guess that's the Winning Time LSU podcast. Cody's got it. They do a great job over at LSU. But they did a, he did a sit-down with Skeens and Thatcher Hurd, and they were talking about the pitch lab and all the things that they use. And even the pitchers were well-versed in how it is that they're creating velocity. It's weight manipulation and, and shift and where it is in your legs on the land and on the plant and all that kind of stuff. And then you get your, your rotation and the spin rate and all this kind of stuff. They understand how to create velocity over there, and they're doing it. And they're throwing really hard, and there are multiple guys in the staff that can run it up near 100 miles an hour. You're going to see that over the weekend. So that's what I got on the pitching side. Ty Floyd throwing 40 to 50 pitches in a game. Ackenhausen at some point from the left side and fastballs approaching 100 miles an hour. Offensively, one thing I would like to see in this game, he's probably going to start a game or two this weekend, quite frankly, but I'm a little bit disappointed he's not in there today. So I think Josh Pearson can be a really impact player for this team. He just has not been in the fall and, and through the last three weeks. I'd like to see him out there against this bullpen. Feast on some 86-mile-an-hour heaters that don't move a lot. Get your confidence up. That's the recipe for getting him out of this. He's a guy that we think, when the lights come on, will do the job. It's just been a rough go for him here of late. And, and you see that when you, you talk about a guy who was a huge piece to what they were doing in May and June of last year, and you come back to opening day and he's not in the lineup, get him some at-bats against his bullpen. I'd like to start him on, um, on Tuesday against Grambling. Get him rolling. Left-handed bat, got some power, really productive as a freshman. I know what the last few weeks have been like. Let's try to get Pearson rolling. I'll be watching his at-bats with some some added interest as well. And the last thing here, um, not something you, you show up to the ballpark necessarily honed in on, but it's something I'll certainly be paying attention to because it's important for this team, is improved catcher defense. you got to block the ball. You got to throw guys out. You got to play defense back there. And far too often, they were compromised at defense, whether it was depth, injury, just a little bit of a, an offensive skew to the position. You got to play better defense at catcher. Neil's going to start today. I've been impressed with a lot of the things that he's done defensively. He's not quite as good as Milazzo, but he's not, you're not selling out for a bat here. He's a quality defender who's got. Phenomenal upside as a hitter. I said on this show that of the offensive players in this class, I thought that Brady Neal was the most important. Not that he had 
the brightest future. I think Paxton Kling certainly fits that bill, and now we see Jared Jones is making a, a strong push. But because you can find a hitter like Paxton Kling or Jared Jones more quickly than you can find a hitter that can play quality defense at catcher, and Brady Neal can do that. Think of the catchers that LSU's had on their last few really good teams. Pat got white hot in Omaha, but he was a career 240, 235 hitter. Really struggled out of the gate his junior year. He got hot in Omaha. He got hot in the regional the year before that, but was a better defensive player than he was a hitter for the most of his career. Ty Ross was on a couple of really good teams. He wasn't a very good hitter at all, but he played good defense. You had a really strong year from Savick at catcher. Micah Gibbs was a great hitter who was not a great defender, but he's a great hitter. But finding a, a good defender who can really hit like Brady Neal is tough to find, and they've got him now locked in for three years here in Baton Rouge. So between he and Milazzo, I expect some really good defense at the catcher spot over the weekend. I will certainly be looking for that uh, all weekend long. Exciting, exciting day. You can't tell to my voice. I'm a little bit fired up. Got a little carried away in the open. It happens. I forgot what I was going to say. It was slurring words. It happens. It's opening day. You get fired up. And we're just over one hour from first pitch out at Alec Box Stadium where Paul Skeens will get this thing cooking against Western Michigan. I'll be with you here until 2.30, and then uh, Taylor will take over for the final 30 minutes of the show. We'll play some take it or leave it. Got some other things he wants to talk to you about. And then Matt will come with you at 3 o'clock for after further review. I don't know that he'll talk a ton of baseball because they'll be playing. So if you're a guy or girl who's not just all baseball all the time this time of year, want to hear about some other things, I think Matt will probably have you covered from 3 to 6. So lock in to AFR when he comes on after we are done here. I got one reminder here for you. This February, 104.5 ESPN and Citizens Bank and Trust are here to offer you a holiday rebate to the tune of $2,000 in cash. We'll also be selecting a local prize winner to take $1,000 in cash. So sign up at 1045ESPN.com. If you missed any of the first hour, you can always catch it on demand. 1045ESPN.com's on demand tab. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, also on YouTube, where we got a bunch of folks hanging out in the Bayou Ford chat. Open the show up with my five bold predictions for this LSU baseball team. I've got them noted here in my uh, Google Doc. We'll be probably referencing them throughout the year, and we'll certainly run a report card check back on it when the season is over. I gave you five what I would think are bold predictions at the top of the show at 1 o'clock. South Carolina LSU basketball preview came at you at 1.15. LSU got a real chance to win a ball game tomorrow on its home floor. Lineup was out at 1.30, so I went through that. Kind of my thoughts on the positives, things that I didn't necessarily agree with that are in the lineup, but it doesn't really matter because they're going to go out there and they're going to play. That's all in the first hour. Hour number two, Get you caught up and uh, set up for SEC hoops coming up on Saturday. And I will hand the baton over to Taylor Sharp at 230 because I got places to be. Actually, one place to be for LSU and Western Michigan. Come back with us after Sports Center. You're listening to the Capital City's leader in sports talk, 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge. (laughs) 